0: You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. And it's good to see you in God's house this morning. And uh, here we are able to come together today and so we're so thankful, um, so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. and um, I'm going to speak to you on this topic this morning. Don't miss Jesus for the miracle. Don't miss Jesus. For the miracle, and uh, as I was uh, reading through Scripture, there was a phrase that stuck out to me that's in this passage, and God started dealing with my heart about it. And uh, to minister to you this morning, uh, as I had stated to you um, last week, even on Wednesday, the Lord had also uh, put into my spirit for the last number of weeks to uh, just for a few months just to preach about him. And I, you know, you may say, well, isn't that what we do all the time, Pastor? Well, we, we, there's lots of topics within the Bible. And yes, they're, they're connected in some way, obviously, to the Almighty God. But a lot of times we can preach a lot of different things. And the Lord just laid into my heart, just, just preach about me. Just preach about me. And so that has been the focus for just the last little bit of um, however long God wants that to take place. And, of course, when you focus on just preaching about the Lord, your, your attention is drawn to the Gospels. That's the life of Christ. So we see a lot of things, of course, through the life of Christ that are messages or, or um, things that each of us can learn, obviously, to be beneficial in our walk with God. And Mark chapter 6 and verse 45, it says, immediately Jesus, this is the New Living um, NIV, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When even came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. For they had not understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened. Now, if I was to tell you what verse out of that passage doesn't fit, it would, it would come down to, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. I didn't copy and paste from two different passages. This is actually verse 52 of this passage. They had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Um, the, the Living Bible, this last passage, the Living Bible Puts it this way from verse 50. For they all saw him, but they spoke to him at once. It's all right, he said. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They just sat there, unable to take it in. For they still didn't realize who he was. Even after the miracle the evening before. For they didn't want to believe. They didn't realize who he was, even though they had just experienced the miracle of the loaves the evening before, for they didn't want to believe. Don't miss Jesus for the miracle. Uh, The disciples had been sent out. This is at the beginning of chapter 6. They had been sent out two by two, preaching, and the Lord said, listen, you're... You're not going to take anything with you uh, but a staff. Uh, I don't want you to take any script. I don't want you to take any money. I don't even want you to take any bread. Put sandals on and only take one coat. Don't even take a second coat. And I, I, I'll put it to you this way. I'm pretty confident they probably just weren't preaching twice a week or one service on Sunday. Um no, no, they, they were sent out two by two, and I'm, I'm suspecting that probably every day or almost every day they're preaching about Jesus, and they're talking about Jesus, and they're sharing about Jesus. And so you can imagine that they've probably been quite busy. Two by two, they're going out, they're preaching on a continual basis. Jesus said if you, you come to a house and they let you in, stay there until it's time to go. If they don't let you in, you get outside and dust off your sandals and, and keep going. Uh, you can read this in the, in the first part of chapter 6. Um, by verse 30, the Bible says they return. And they are telling Jesus everything that had been happening. Now, you can only imagine what it would be like 12 people telling the Lord Everything that had been happening. This is not. This is not a you know a a ten minute conversation. This is not a fifteen minute. This is hours. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But if they're telling Jesus everything that had been happening since they've gone out two by two, I'm I'm confident they're they're telling about the places that accepted them and the places that they saw devils cast out and places where people were healed and the places where people accepted Jesus and maybe an odd house or two that said, no, we don't want you here, and they moved on to the next house. You could imagine the conversations that were happening. See, we see in Scripture they told Jesus everything that's happening, and we go on to the next verse, like it just took place in a few seconds. No, no, this is, this is probably hours upon hours of conversation. They told him, the Bible says, all things, what they had done and what they had taught. You can only imagine 12 preachers rehearsing every message. That's what preachers do when they get together. Well, this is the thought, you know, I preached on Sunday and and, and, and people that get up to testify or people that get up to exhort, they're actually preaching the message they preached last week and You're trying to get preachers to keep things to two minutes and ten minutes later they're still talking. And you can only imagine what all of these preachers were doing, telling Jesus everything they had done and everything they had taught. Sounds like a long conversation. Verse 31 says, then because so many people were coming and going... They did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You guys have been talking a lot. You've been traveling. Uh, You haven't even had a chance to eat. Why don't we go to a quiet place and just get a little bit of relaxation? That's what he said. Sounds good. Sounds probably wonderful to them let's get off by ourselves let's get away from the crowd let's get let the multitude stay here by themselves let's uh, let's go and and uh, we'll gather in, in a secluded place and we'll just get a little bit of rest and peace so when they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place well this is even better we're going to go on a little cruise We're going to get off. No one else can actually get there. That's what the plan maybe was. But verse 33 says, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Just what everyone wants. All the people to get where you're going ahead of you. Isn't the Bible amazing? Everyone saw them leaving. So they, I mean, they didn't have fast cars and Jeeps and four-wheelers. No, no, they got on foot and whatever they had, they got through the towns to the next place and they figured out where Jesus was going and they showed up before him and his disciples got there. That's the scenario. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them, just like what the Lord would do. Like, you, you can imagine maybe the thoughts of the disciples. Oh, my goodness. Isn't there any peace in this place or in this world? Isn't there a place where we can go and not be bothered? Isn't there a place where we can actually just relax for a few minutes? No, when Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Oh, man, this is going to be the message of all messages. Twelve preachers have shared what they said for however long, and now Jesus is going to talk, and he never runs out of information. He never gets tired of telling people what they need to hear. Oh, this is going to be forever. This is not one of those hour services. No, he taught them, the Bible says, many things. These disciples are already tired, but Jesus had compassion on the crowd. And this is what verse 35 says. The day was far spent. We've got through a long, long day. But the disciples' day was just getting started. Their day was just beginning. Jesus had welcomed them back. They shared with him all the information. They took a boat ride to get away. When they got there, the crowd was there. And Jesus decided at that minute he was going to care for people. And he taught them all kinds of things. Long, long situation. You can imagine the disciples as they were going to get caught up in all the organizing Of what was going to take place over the next however many hours. 5,000 men. Plus women and children. This is not a little 50 member congregation. No, this is 5,000 plus. Maybe 10, 15,000 people. Are in this crowd. And Jesus has been teaching them many things the disciples are thinking about the organizing of this large crowd they get to a point where lord we've been they've been here a long time they didn't even bring themselves into it they have been they hadn't had time to eat they we've been here a long time we need to send these people away so they can go into the villages and into the country and get something to eat. Sounds like a good plan. Okay, everyone, you're hungry. It's time to leave now. That's, that's a good way to get people to go, actually. You're hungry. All of a sudden they feel, they sense, they, they hear their stomachs growling. Yes, we're hungry. Actually, we need to get going. We haven't eaten all day. And the Lord pipes up and says, what do we got here? Well, we, we, we don't got much here, Lord. We only, we only got a little lad's lunch. It's just five loaves and two fists. Not, you know, it's not worth, not worth actually getting too big, too big excitement about. Um, oh, well, why don't you bring it to me? And you can imagine them trying to explain. To this poor little lad, he's actually been smart enough to bring a lunch. He knows Jesus is going to teach all things. I'm going a long journey here. I don't know how long it's going to be to get there, and I sure don't know when I'm getting home. I'm taking a little lunch. And the disciples say, the Lord needs what you got. Imagine talking that little lad into explaining to him, we need your lunch. He looks around. There's... Possibly 10 15,000 people there. What, what, what are you talking about? My little lunch. And then the Lord tells the disciples to get the 5,000 plus to sit down on the ground. They don't have microphones. They don't have, you know, and, and why don't you do it by rank? Rows. Like little plots of ground in the garden. They all sit in 50s and 100s. Oh, are you serious, God? We got to go through this whole group and now separate them into hundreds and into fifties, and we got to put them in little rows and plots, like in a garden. You know how much work this. This is what I want you to do. This is not something that just happens, folks. This was there was no you know weeks and weeks of planning committee before this this uh, this event. Put them in. Ranks of like little plots in the garden and then all of a sudden Jesus blesses the food and it's not a buffet. Okay, disciples, I, I want you to pass it out. Make sure everyone's got some. And and, and then the Bible puts a, a little interesting word in there. They were all filled. You know, there's not a slice. I don't know about you, but one slice doesn't cut it. You've been you been not you haven't eaten all day. I mean, a little chunk of fish and a slice. I ain't gonna cut it. I'll have seconds. I'll have thirds. Whatever the Bible says, they were filled. I don't know how many times. I don't know how often. I don't know what uh, amount of uh, uh, work this involved. All we know is what the Scripture says. They were filled. Okay. Okay. Finally, we've got this done. No, no, no. I want you to gather up what's left. Gather up what's left. We don't have anything to gather that. Oh, well, why don't you you got to find some baskets somewhere. So, I can guarantee you they didn't bring 12 baskets with them probably. They got to find 12 baskets. They got to go through the whole crowd again and pick up what's left. 12 baskets full. The leftovers. They get it all together, the gathering of the leftovers. And and, and don't, don't think for a second someone didn't have to explain to the lad's mother what happened to his lunch. No break for the disciples. Jesus said, now I want you to get into a ship and go to the other side unto Bethsaida. Folks, this happened in the same day. They didn't have any powered motors to sit back and relax as Brother Taylor drove the boat. No, they were rowing the boat. Trying to get it probably in some type of angle for the wind to help them along in some way. Oh, we've got to get this at least pointed so that the wind takes us along. But what's so interesting is the Scripture. The Scripture says... That the wind was contrary. (laughs) You talk about a difficult day. And nothing happened already today. The Bible says in the scripture they were toiling in the rowing of the boat. Because the wind was contrary. Notice what the Bible says. It had reached the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch is between three and six in the morning. They had already gone through the whole day. It's time to get back up again, and they're still rowing on the lake. I don't know. We read the scripture sometimes. We have to stop and think of what actually happened in the story and see, like, is this is this normal? Is this uh, is this seem like it it it? Uh, Is an easy going. The Bible says that Jesus looked out and he sees them rowing. They're having a tough time. And uh, he decides that he's going to start walking on water. And what's so interesting is they're so caught up in the rowing, the wind, the work, the morning, the early day, the busyness of what happened. The Bible says he would have passed right by them what someone's walking on water and they would have passed right by without you noticing they thought he was a spirit a ghost they thought that uh-huh is this now if we haven't had enough already today we're becoming delusional we've been up for 24 hours or longer and and now we're seeing things on the water and we've got to get to the other side Jesus would have passed by. They all saw him, the Bible says, and were troubled. The word troubled is terasso. It means to stir or agitate like the rolling of water. Verse 50 says, for they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them. He called out to them, he spoke to them, and saith unto them what everyone would not want to hear, be of good cheer. You're out of your mind. This is, what do you mean, be of good cheer? This is, that's like, Do you know how, you know how it's, you're having a very difficult time and someone says, keep your chin up. You know, this too shall pass. You hear these statements, it's like you have no idea what you're talking about. I've been in this. I've been dealing with this. I've been trying to get through this. This is, this is like consuming me. What do you mean? It'll, you know, you'll get through it. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. The Amplified Bible says that he said, it is the I am. Goes all the way back to Exodus 3 and 14. I am, hath sent me to you. I just, I just sent you out a short time ago, two by two, and you just saw me feed 5,000 plus, and I just sent you in a, a boat to Bethsaida. Notice now, verse 51 And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Jesus didn't even say anything to the wind. He got in the boat and it was calm. I don't know if that would affect you. It would affect me. I can guarantee you, brother. Everything is going from side to side. Things are sliding from side to side. We're rowing. We're not getting anywhere. The wind's contrary. And then Jesus steps in the boat and it ceased. The Bible says they were amazed beyond measure. They had been so involved, so occupied, so much part of the organization and busyness that they had missed the most important part of what was happening. Jesus. Verse 52, the Bible says they considered not the miracle of the loaves. They were more interested in making sure everyone got fed instead of the one who was breaking the bread and the fish and somehow getting it to 10 or 15,000 people. Okay, guys, we got another row here to do. We got four more groups on this side. Who's got enough food for this group? We got to get down this lane. We got to get down this row. Okay, we we got a thousand done. We only got however many more thousand to do. They were so caught up in the organization of what was happening, they forgot to, to keep their eye on Jesus. Don't miss Jesus for the miracle. The disciples are so consumed with everything that's happening around them. Satisfying the concerns and the complaints of the hungry. Can you imagine? That was only a little piece. When you come back by, could you bring another piece? Is there more fish? Listen, people haven't changed. Okay, people still hungry, still want more. The Bible says they were all filled. We know at some point, probably, as the disciples are passing by, could you bring another loaf? Could you bring another piece? Could... They're so concerned. They've got to get this done. They've been going for so many hours. We've got to get through this. The Lord isn't going to let us stop until everyone's done. So we must just get our minds set to it and get it done. They are so consumed with what's happening is they have forgotten about the miracle worker. The Bible says, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. The Amplified Bible says their hearts had become callous. They had become dull and had lost the power of understanding. The question is, did the disciples learn a lesson? Jesus just got into their boat. The wind ceased. Mark writes and says they had forgot to realize what had just happened a few hours ago. Did they learn a lesson? Well, we pick up in Mark chapter 8, verse 22, he cometh to Bethsaida. They bring a blind man unto him, besought him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him and asked if he saw aught. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands upon, again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. He sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell it to any of the town. Jesus went out. And the disciples came into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples saying unto him, "Whom whom do men say that I am? He's just had this incredible encounter with them. He's got into their boat. Now he's come and he's taken a blind man who couldn't see. He touches his eyes. He spits upon them and makes mud. I mean, all kinds of neat stuff. And then they leave, and the Lord pipes up with a question. Who are men saying, who are they saying that I am? They answered, John the Baptist. What? John the Baptist? Uh, no, some say, Elias. Elias. One of the prophets. The prophets? Whew. Man. Okay, guys. Who do you say I am? Who is it that you say? And Peter answered and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. Matthew tells the same story in chapter 16. Matthew adds more details to the story starts out in chapter 16 and verse one. the Pharisees and the Sadducees were coming along and they were they were tempting him saying uh, you know we want to see a sign from heaven, a sign from heaven. They, they're, they're wanting to figure out some miraculous appearance in the sky and, and some appearance that, that they could they could see Jesus try and fail. They weren't there to glorify God they're there to tempt him I wonder if he can do this oh it's it's not something they don't know about Samuel Samuel called down thunder from heaven they've seen this happen in the past Samuel called down thunder from heaven Isaiah he caused a shadow to go back 10 degrees on the dial ever done that. Not that the sun just stands still. No, no, we're going to make the sun turn back. They're they're going to these examples of Samuel and, and Isaiah and, and how Moses, uh, he prays and manna falls from heaven. I wonder if this guy they call Jesus, the Messiah can give us a sign. They're tempting him. They're wanting him to fail. The Lord goes on with this this illustration about how the sky looks in the morning and how the sky looks at night. Kind of toys with them a little bit. Then he says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. This is what the Bible says in verse 5. And when his disciples were come to the other side... They had forgotten to take bread. What? You didn't you haven't learned the lesson? You don't have any idea how long this day is gonna be. You just went through an incredible long day. And good job, there was a little boy with a lunch. They had forgotten to take bread. When Jesus perceived it, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have no bread? Do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? <laughs> Don't you remember that? That's just a very little period of time ago. Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000, how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I... I spake uh, it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, and he puts that little bit in there, he starts talking about the leaven, what we know as yeast, and they then understood they how he had bade them not beware of the leaven of the bread, he, he comes out, he had given them an explanation, of course leaven is for, for making bread, it passes secretly, silently. Through the bread, you don't even see this big mass of dough. All of a sudden, you wonder, why is it rising? What is changing the dynamics of this bread? You don't even see the progress of the, of the yeast. You just know that something's happening in there. So it was with the doctrine of the Pharisees. They were insinuating, trying to be plausible in some way to trick Jesus. And, and uh, the Lord knew everything that was going on. The Bible says that the disciples reasoned in verse 7. They're trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden, Jesus explains it to them, and he says, O ye of little faith. Jesus, in reply, they said that they, they shouldn't be anxious about the supply of their temporal wants. He's Jesus. These are his disciples. They're, they're looking for a miracle Of a proof. Uh, Listen, I wonder if he's going to pull it out this time. I wonder somehow how he's going to get us enough bread this time. Verse 12, the Bible says, After the Lord explains to them who he is, then understood they. After his explanation, they immediately saw that he referred to the doctrines of the Pharisees and Sadducees, those erroneous doctrines that they're just trying to trick him they are with Jesus what is it that they were trying to do they were trying to this by by the art of uh, being slight and unimportant in appearance they were trying to see that this the small small little quantity of of yeast uh, and how it was compared to this this uh, mass of, of bread and well how it affects and the Lord says listen The Pharisees and the Sadducees are just like that. If you listen to what they're saying, it only takes a little bit of their stuff to mess you up. They're insinuating into the soul, unawares and silent. They are difficult with their detection. You can't figure it out. You can't see how it's happening. It happens actually just on a gradual basis. But the act is certain. And it will change the bread. And the Lord comes across and He says, listen, the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, it will change your life that you'll actually miss out. You'll miss out on me. What is it that he's saying? Well, the Sadducees and Pharisees, they're they're wanting a sign. Well, I wonder if this is really him. I wonder if he can really do this miracle. I wonder if he can... This is Jesus. Don't miss Jesus for the miracle. This is the almighty God that they are with. And they are trying to be influenced by the Sadducees and the Pharisees that are trying to put some little trap in front of him so that he'll fail. That's a lot more detail to the story. Of what's happening, back to Mark, or chapter six, verse fifty-three. Mark picks up on the other side. It says, "When they had crossed over, Mark six and fifty-three, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there." Now, notice this: as soon as they got out of the boat, they get to the other side. They're anchored, and they get out of the boat. Do we have those scriptures? This is what it says in verse 54. They crossed over. They landed. They got out of the boat. Notice now what it says. People recognized Jesus. They weren't caught up in the loaves. They weren't caught up in how they got across in the storm. They weren't caught up in Jesus walking on water. No, no, they were caught up in Jesus. That's what they got caught up in. And as soon as they recognized Jesus, the Bible says they started running through all the towns. We got to find everybody that needs healing. We got to find everybody that needs help we got to find everybody. Hallelujah, that's been waiting a long time. They went through all the towns, the Bible says, and they were bringing people. And if, if, they, if they could just touch the hem of his garment, his, the, the bottom part of his robe, if people can just get close enough to Jesus. You talk about a lesson for the disciples? They've had a busy time. I mean, they've been out preaching. They come back. They tell them all about it. They feed 5,000 people. They get in a boat. They're rowing all, all the time trying to get across. Jesus shows up. And all that matters is Jesus. Oh, church. In 2021, of all the things that can happen in your life, I hope this works out. I hope that works out. I hope I can get this solved. I hope I can get this done by a certain time. I hope I accomplish. No, no, all those things don't compare to Jesus. You just got to get to Jesus. Jesus is the solution. That's what matters. The miracles are automatic You don't have to worry about the miraculous Just get to Jesus Well I need him to take care of this Stop worrying about what you need him to take care of And just get to Jesus When you get to him Everything's going to be okay Don't miss Jesus For the miracle Oh Oh What happens is we become so, the scripture uses it, callous in our hearts. Been around this for a long time, been going to church for a long time. And if we're not careful, we miss the most important part. It's not us getting together, it's not what songs we're sung. It's not whether the pastor turned the heat on before winter. It's not none of those things are the most important things. None of those things are the most. What's most important? Will Jesus be there? Because Jesus is there. Everything's going to be okay. Whatever songs are sung, however many people, if someone's in my seat, it doesn't matter if Jesus is there. The miracles will come. You don't have to worry about it. Just get a hold of Jesus. I haven't received a call Haven't got an email Seemed like I've been forgotten It's not the most important part Most important part Is Jesus Jesus well, the efforts seem to be in vain. What I'm doing doesn't seem to get noticed. What I used to do, someone else is now doing. That's not the most important part. The most important part is Jesus. Man, this is a lot of work. There's not a lot of people to do it. This is going to take us forever. Huh, I'm I'm already tired. What do you mean? I got a to row too. That's not the most important part. The most important part is Jesus. Don't let it be that Jesus almost walks right by your boat without you recognizing who is there. Because the most important part of all this is Him. It's not me. It's not you. It's not even this building or this church. The most important part is Jesus. Church, something's got to stir us to a point that goes beyond everything we've ever thought of in the last year, two years, five years, or longer. Whatever it takes, you've got to. You must. You must allow yourself to be renewed that this is about Him. This has always been about Him. It'll never be about anyone else. Hallelujah. It's about Jesus. Well, I need this, Pastor. I need God to do this. Stop worrying about what you need God to do and just focus on Him. And He'll do what needs to be done. He'll take care of what needs to be done. It's about Jesus. I'm going to keep preaching about Him. Music, come if you would. Oh, don't let us be part of an apostolic church and not be preaching enough about Jesus. Don't let us be part of services on a continual basis and not talk about the power of the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. Help us to never get to a place where Acts 2.38 becomes so familiar that we, well, there's nothing new, we won't preach that. That's what changes people's lives. It's always been about Jesus. Don't let it ever be that it creeps into our thinking. We we got we got new methods that'll take us to where we go. Methods won't mean anything if Jesus is not involved. Oh, Stir, I ask God before I preach this message this morning. God, stir my spirit. Don't allow me. Don't allow me to fall into the trap of the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees that are just looking for some sign. Some erroneous doctrine that's like leaven as it's into bread. Bread and it creeps into our heart and into our spirit that we're wanting some type of show we're wanting some type of spectacular light celebration oh no that's not what we come to church for no one said that this morning but could it be that it creeped into our heart I wonder what will take place today I wonder who's going to be singing this morning I wonder who's on the door I wonder if pastor's actually home and going to preach. Did it creep into your heart this morning? Maybe there was others that hoped that I was away and someone else would preach. I don't know. Could it be that any thoughts that come into our mind this morning that would try to creep into our flesh, that would highlight anything but? Jesus, if I'm the only one in the sanctuary this morning, if there's no one else in my pew, if they don't sing one song that I like, if it's still cold, if someone else is speaking, all those things aren't going to matter. I'm going. Jesus. And it's with that that anything can happen. It's not based upon who's there and who's not there. It's not based upon what your week was like. It's not based upon any scenario or situation other than Jesus. You come into the situation Where you just start to lift up your hands and praise and worship and thanksgiving. I don't know why I'm even going this morning. I'm still not able to sing in the congregation. I won't ask how many did. We're not able to do that still. So I'll just sit home so I can sing. If you're sitting home this morning watching and that's why... past my notes I should stop don't miss Jesus for the miracle do you know if something's happening in people's hearts through everything that's taken place in the last two years are realizing that their relationship is not built upon a lot of stuff. A lot of conveniences. The way things have been for a long time. The way we've done it for a long time. People are realizing it doesn't have to be that way for Jesus to show up. know we'll probably get the final statistics but but for but from what it appears the largest the largest chairs conference that has ever happened in 14 years happened this weekend and they weren't together because jesus is unstoppable well you know what if it it, it, it's just not going to work if we don't do it the way no 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 stop focusing on everything else and just get your eyes on jesus would you stand this morning Feel his presence when you start to talk about him. John said, He must increase, and I must decrease. He must be lifted up, and we must be amazed. And as soon as you start to focus on Jesus, anything is possible. Here it is, on a Sunday morning, I don't know how your day has been, how your week's been, how your month has started, all I know is there's only one thing that matters this morning. That's Jesus. So I'm just going to open the altar, it's not about me, it's not how long I preached, it's not about whether it even made sense, it's not about what song they're going to sing. It's not about who's here and who's not here. All that matters is you and Jesus. You and Jesus. All that matters is you and Jesus. Don't miss Jesus this morning for the miracle. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.